0: He's five six, one Um, uh, sixty three. How big can he possibly be? Welcome in to another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host. And I am. Five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. All right, guys, how we doing? It's been a minute, a really long minute, since I sat in front of this microphone and recorded my own show. You might have caught me in other places. Uh, The Chop and Beef Show, which is just fun debauchery. Shout out to those guys. They need to get me back on there. They need to do their own episode, as a matter of fact. That's what they need to do. Um, Shout out to Fighting Irish Faithful. You can find him on Twitter, faithful underscore Irish. Uh, he had me on, he did a Twitter space, and if I had any sense of how technology works, I would have put that show on my pod, and maybe I will at some point. Um, I'd love to do that, but technology is not my friend, and I have no idea what I'm doing it's It's impressive I've gotten this far with this podcast. A phone and a microphone. That's who knew. That's all I needed. I thought it'd be way, way more difficult. But it has been a while since I've sat down in this chair and recorded a show. Uh, but sometimes, you know, priorities take precedent over fun. And, you know, this is fun. It could be a priority. But my wife, my kids, they kind of come number one. And I am having fun prioritizing. Ate you baseball. I know you guys follow me on Twitter. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Everyone that follows me on Twitter at five foot nothing pod, appreciate it so much. I'm having fun with the baseball, and that's taking over a lot more. I'm taking that way more seriously than I am uh, other things in my life. But it's for my kid and kids when I get all the boys together. So that's going on. I got work. Just, I mean, you name it. It's been happening, and I just haven't had the free time like I would hope for. you know. And with that even said, I thought I could do some March Madness stuff. That hasn't happened, and that's okay, because you don't want to hear my picks. I promise. Although I will quick segment about Notre Dame basketball. I don't know what happened in the last two minutes of that game. Notre Dame should still be dancing. To the Sweet Sixteen, but Mike Bray. And maybe Blake Wesley's to blame a little bit, but he is a freshman. You you gotta. In retrospect, I I kind of was on Wesley, but I think I gotta put it on Bray. He did the equivalent of you you're up three with like a minute to go, on your own twenty, and he threw three quick incomplete passes. And it's like I don't I don't know what we were doing. But Notre Dame's out. The tournament shall go on. I know one particular listener, Fighting Irish Faithful, is pulling for Gonzaga. I believe he's a graduate from there. He got his master's at Notre Dame, but he's he's a zag. So we still got that to root for and cheer for. We do have the women, who just won by like a million against Oklahoma. That was fun. But today... I'm not going to talk about all the other stuff that I just talked about for three minutes. I am previewing Notre Dame's 2022 football schedule. And I could spoil it by telling you what our record is going to be. But that might give away some things. So I'm going to hold that to the end. You'll figure it out when we go through this game by game. Alright, so let's do this thing, right? Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. So, if you don't know Notre Dame's 2022 schedule, I will run down it really quickly for you. I think most of us, all of us, even non-Notre Dame fans know who and where Notre Dame opens up against in 2022. It is at the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, not Columbus, Georgia, in the Horseshoe. That's a pretty big opening game, if you don't say so. It's against the number currently preseason. I love preseason stuff, but there's not too much debauchery this year from Notre Dame's schedule that I can. There's other stuff I can go, but that's not what this state is about. It's all about Notre Dame. Looking at our 12 games. We got some ranked teams. But it's not as debaucherous as last year. Yeah, sorry. There's no North Carolina rant coming. I apologize. I know. We're all looking forward to it. Not this time. But we opened up at Ohio State. Number two team in the country. Currently. Preseason. All that. But I don't see how that's going to be different when September 3rd rolls around. It's going to be... The number two team in the country at their place. That's the game one. Then we play Marshall, the fighting Kane Maddens. Then we play California, Marshall and California are at home. Then we travel to Chapel Hill against North Carolina. Then we get a bye week. Then we get to go to Viva Las Vegas against BYU, at home against Stanford. At home against UNLV. Now Las Vegas is coming to us. Then we're at Syracuse. At home versus Clemson. Navy in Baltimore. At home versus Boston College. Then we end the season at USC in the great state of California. So, those are 12 games. We have four true road games. And then two neutral, i say, quote, neutral site games uh, in Vegas and Baltimore. Vegas, I guess, is close to BYU. It's not exactly their backyard, but I don't think we're voluntarily going to Utah. So Vegas it is. Navy against Baltimore, that's Navy's backyard. So if you want to look at it that way, there's five road games. Meaning we get seven home games. So how is that schedule gonna work out for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the eyes of five foot nothing, hundred nothing? Let's see. All right. So game one at Ohio State. They went eleven and two last year. I think we all know the two losses. If you follow college football in any capacity, you know their two losses. Their first one was Oregon, and that, how do I phrase this, but the, the game for meant more to Oregon at the end of the season in terms of keeping them relevant. They had a shot at making the, the playoff just because they beat Ohio State, but Oregon beat Ohio State. Their other loss, of course, we never heard the end of it, and they made the playoff for the first time. They lost to Michigan. So those are the two losses, 11-2. But they didn't exactly, well, I say they didn't impress. They didn't impress on one side of the football. But they had some defensive challenges last year. They really did. They gave up 31 to Minnesota, 35 to Oregon in the loss, 20 to Tulsa. 20 is not a big number, but it's Tulsa. 31 to Purdue, 42 to Michigan, 45 to Utah. They gave up points, okay? They had defensive problems. But here's the thing. If you're an Ohio State fan, or if you're pro-Ohio State, your rebuttal to that is, well, yeah, you can give up 31, 35, 20, 31, 42, 45 when you're scoring 45 41, 59, 52, 66, 54, 59, 56, 48 points. Okay? Only three times did they score below 30 points, two of which were losses. The Oregon game, they only scored 28. Michigan, they only scored 27. And then the one game, they had 26. In it. I honestly forget which game it was. But point being is these dudes average 45.7 points a game that's that's where they live they live on the offensive side of the ball what does that mean for Notre Dame we got to score points it's th- that simple I understand we have Marcus Freeman a defensive-minded head coach we got Al golden he, he has a proven track record as a defensive guy both at the college ranks and in the pros and I real quick on Al golden I the Miami stuff, the PO, we sucked at Miami and did this. Go look at when he was at Miami and what Miami was going through. He actually did probably a lot more than some other guys could accomplish. So I, I'm thrilled we have Al Golden. And his name is Golden. I mean, does it get any better than that? But you, Ohio State, 45.7 points a game, 561 yards of offense per game. And they're bringing... All their leading dudes back. C.J. Stroud threw for 4,435 yards. 341 yards a game. At a 71% completion percentage rate. 44 touchdowns, 6 picks. Those are just silly numbers. And he's not playing in the the Big 12 or some no-name conference. It is the Big 10, and he's putting up silly numbers, video game numbers. And the dude doesn't get sacked. Only got sacked 13 times last year, dropping back and throwing as many passes as he did. But don't let the number of sacks fool you. He's not a runner. On this season, he only had 32 rushes, 13 of which were sacks. So take out the sacks. He only ran 19 times for negative 20 yards total. So, and along of 15, he's not a runner. He's a passer. But. They can pass the ball, so I—that's what they're gonna do. You know, um, I'm just gonna say JSN because I don't uh, Jackson Smith, and it's so bad I should know this name, and I probably will before the season's end. But Nigba I—I don't know JSN. Ninety-five catches, six hundred yards, nine touchdowns. Okay, yes, they're losing Wilson and Alave to the NFL. That's okay. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. If he's anything like his dad, we have problems. So in the, we've seen what Ohio State's been doing at the receiver position. They're just churning him out. So Stroud and JSN and Harrison Jr., they're, they're going to score points. They're going to put points on the board. Not to mention at are at their place that's a huge factor because I'll talk about Notre Dame side here in a second more, but they also bring back Travion Henderson who only averaged 6.8 yards a carry for 1,248 yards and 15 touchdowns. He ran for 96 yards a game. And then he added 27 catches for 312. Henderson by himself was averaging 120 yards a game. So they can move the football. We don't have Kyle Hamilton this year. You might you might be aware of that. He's gonna go like top five in the draft. At least he better. He better go top five. But we don't have him back there. So we're gonna have to figure something out. Quickly. As in like the first game of the season quickly. If we don't, it's Woo-hoo! It's going to be a long season, friends. We have no time to waste to figure this out. And you could say, oh, spring ball, you know, leading into the season, all, all that good stuff. Thing is, and I hate to say this, but how do you duplicate what they're doing? We God, We don't have the guys to pretend to be that good. That's the problem. You know, and we're, we're hopefully we get there with some of these recruits. But the fact of the matter is Ohio State recruits better than us. It, you can't argue it. Historically. As in the guys on the current roster. It's looking good for 2023. Yes. And going forward. But the team we're going to face in Columbus in September, their roster is better than ours. Sorry. It is. You have to acknowledge that. You know, so you're looking at the passing game. Oh, and real quick, the running backs. So, well, what if Henderson goes down? Oh, no, Biggie. The backup averaged seven yards a carry for 500 yards last year. They've got the dudes. So, we have to step up. But again, this is game one. We don't have a quarterback technically yet. I mean,. It'd be lovely if it's Tyler Buckner, and he shows up to be everything that we thought he's going to be. But fact of the matter is, we still do not have a solidified quarterback. Is it Buckner? Is it Pine? We, We don't have that answer. And we won't have that answer until the first offensive snap is taken for Notre Dame football, and either number 10 or number 12 is under center, or in the shotgun. I hope it's shotgun and we have like four wide and it's a double move with styles and he just streaks across the field for a touchdown. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? But that we have to, we have to do stuff like that though. I, I say that, you know, being funny, but we have to do that. If we we're, we're not pulling those punches and taking those blows, it's going to be a long day. And the beauty is we don't have Brian Kelly anymore. He was the king of play not to lose. It felt like once he knew the competition was uh, equal or better, he he played the safe route. Like, don't get blown out. I'd rather get blown out. Let me finish. I'd rather get blown out taking shots and trying to win the game than losing by 14 and playing it safe Knowing, looking at the game plan, that we were never going to win. We just weren't going to lose by a lot. So, will we have opportunities? You would think so. Because defensively, Ohio State was not that good last year. They really weren't. But they made a change. They brought in a new defensive coordinator. His name is Jim Knowles. You might recognize that name because he was the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State. And that might seem like a big deal because we did almost put it on Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, but we didn't. But, you know, you you can never take a one-game sample, all right? Because look at Notre Dame's first-year defensive coordinator last year. His name is Marcus Freeman. How did he look against Florida State? Not great, right? Blew a 20-point lead, went into overtime, we had a win. It didn't look great by season's end. Looked pretty damn good, didn't it? So, you look at Knowles, and you can't take the Notre Dame game, even though it's very in front of us, it's our team and all that. Look at how he was managing the Big 12, who is known for video game numbers. He had a pretty solid defense at Oklahoma State. So, maybe that, is what Ohio State needs to get to that next level that they haven't been in in several years. But what does that mean for Notre Dame? Maybe it's the Marcus Freeman situation. First game, you don't know what to expect. You're trying to figure stuff out. And hopefully, some familiarity, despite Buckner not playing a ton, if he's the guy, he's played enough, we got enough returning faces that we can take advantage of the unknown the uncertainty the the questions that Ohio State has defensively but it's gonna be a shootout. I I I'm not a score predictor kind of guy. Uh but the the winner's gonna have 40 plus. There's there's no way they don't. There's just no way they don't. And it's not a knock on Notre Dame's defense. And if Notre Dame can pull this out it's not a knock on Ohio State's defense. Um, Ohio State's learning with a new defensive coordinator, and Ohio State has just run through everybody, def- uh, everybody's defense. They just put up points. It's what they do. So we'll see. However, I do have Notre Dame taking an L <clears throat> to open the season. <clears throat> it sucks. It's not going to be fun. Even though I'm predicting it, I'm still going to be mad when it happens. If it happens, but i I just I don't see Notre Dame's offense having it all put together, not to mention while Freeman is on the staff, it's still technically a new defensive coordinator, so we have that like I think at the end of the day there's too much working against Notre Dame. it's at Ohio State in the horseshoe new quarterback regardless of who it is new head coach. New defensive coordinator, which is going to be the biggest piece. I understand Tommy Reese is back, but defense is where we're going to be able to make a difference Um, because we have to slow them down. I just don't see us putting up the points that's needed to, to beat this team. So I got Notre Dame losing game one. Sorry, but... And we'll talk more about that as we get closer to September, obviously. So we take the L in Columbus. Come back to South Bend. Up next we got Marshall, the fighting K Madden's, the dump trucks. They went seven and six last year. It's Marshall. That's a win. It's it's got it's gotta be a win. I don't care what happens in Columbus. Marshall has to be a win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't you got to win those games. They were still at home against California. It's Cal. They went 5 and 7 last year. But most notably, they lost to Arizona, which was Arizona's only W. Arizona lost to Northern Arizona last year. So we Cal has to be a win. It's another game. It just it just has to be a win. There's no way around it. So that's two wins, two and one. All right, week four, we go to Chapel Hill to face North Carolina, who went a thrilling six and seven last year. that was that was joyous. I was thrilled to pieces because their preseason hype was absolutely absurd. and there's no preseason hype this year, as there should not be. they they've got last year, it was funny. Last year they had all these people coming back but their team was not good. I don't understand how you bring back crappy players and expect them I mean yes there's going to be some improvement but they weren't about they weren't going to go from what they were to college football playoff. Sorry. Nope. Yeah, they had some good recruits. Okay. It's still you're still not recruiting at Alabama, Georgia, you know, uh Clemson, Texas A&M level, apparently, if you shall have enough money. They weren't recruiting at that level. So bringing back crabby players and good and probably great recruits for North Carolina, just was not going to equal a lot of wins. Hence, they go 6-7. and seven. So now fast forward to 2022. There's no Sam Howell, who accounted for 3,000 yards passing and 24 touchdowns, another 828 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. So you're losing 35 touchdowns and almost 4,000 yards. And that's just Sam Howell. That's your quarterback. And you're losing your leading rusher who had 1,092 yards and 13 touchdowns. So I don't know what North Carolina is or isn't going to be. But what I can tell you what they're not going to be is they're not going to beat Notre Dame. So there's another win. And this time we get to do it in their backyard. That'll be nice. So it didn't start off awesome, but we're three and one. And then we hit the buy. And I don't love when this buy comes. It's too early. It's too early for me. Um, it's not heading into, in my opinion, a huge game. I would have liked it a few weeks later. whatever. The buys after week four. So we head into our fifth game against Brigham Young University in Las Vegas, which will be the Shamrock Series. Now, BYU is ranked preseason currently, number 18. I This one, I, like I said, I don't have a ton of issues with the preseason rankings as they stand. But BYU is being ranked based on things that just aren't going to happen this year. They went 10 and 3 last year. But they did beat they beat Utah. That was their big, oh, they beat Utah. But then they lost to Boise State, lost to Baylor, lost to UAB in the the bowl game. And you can write off the bowl game fine. But Boise State Baylor, two tougher opponents, they dropped games. You know, and BYU's independent. So, you know, I I know it, the schedule stuff with Notre Dame. BYU's in the same boat. they got to make their own schedule. And it's mostly Pac-12 teams. But last year they beat Arizona, who went 1-11. South Florida, not great. Utah State, not great. Washington State, not so great. Uh, they beat Virginia, but that was the game where um, Brendan Armstrong went down. Um, as we saw how big of a deal that was when Notre Dame played Virginia. Um, Idaho State, Georgia Southern. And they beat Arizona State, who came into the game season, kind of hyped, didn't turn out so great, and they beat a bad USC team. They didn't do anything special. And the only thing coming back is their quarterback, Jaron Hall, who had a nice season. Almost 2,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, 5 picks, ran for 3.07. That's nice. But the the biggest contributor to their team was uh, Tyler Alguire, who's now going pro. I just the pre, the preseason ranked number eighteen. It's whatever. They're probably not going to be ranked by by the time they get to Notre Dame. And why is that? Because these are their first three games. South Florida, okay, you know whatever. Then they play Baylor and Oregon back to back. They're going to be one and two right out the box. Then they got Wyoming, who, depending on how Oregon and Baylor beat the crap out of them, maybe they lose to Wyoming. I don't know. Then they got Utah State, then Notre Dame. And then after that, and I wrote all this schedule down because this is why BYU is not going to be what they were last year. They're going to be close to 10-3. and three. It's just, they're not going to be close. So South Florida, Baylor, Oregon, Wyoming. First four games, they're going to be 2-2. Two and two. Then they got Utah State, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Liberty. Probably two and two there because Liberty doesn't have Malik Willis anymore. Then they last week their, their last month of the season: Eastern Carolina, Boise State, Dixie State. Good luck telling me where that is. And Stanford. They probably only lose to Boise there. Uh, Stanford, and we'll get to Stanford. I don't think Stanford is anything to worry about. But what was that one, two, three, four? They have at least. In my opinion, guaranteed four losses, probably five. Ten to three is not what they are. But the big thing about this game is it's the Shamrock series. And as we know, that's a special uniform game, which I do love. Okay? Notre Dame's classic uniforms, timeless. will never, never get old. it will never get old. But I do love these one-offs. I... You know, I'm a, I'm a look good, feel good, play good guy. You saw, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw the uniforms I posted for my 8U Fighting Irish team. I love doing that kind of, like, the uniform stuff. Here's the thing about this Vegas game. Okay. Vegas has a team in the National Hockey League called the Vegas Golden Knights. Notre Dame and gold are synonymous If we don't have some sort of all gold uniform, it's going to be—it's a travesty, okay? It needs to be just—I mean, just 24 karat gold just dripping off the uniform. That's what needs to be happening in Vegas when we play BYU. That's just my opinion, but with that, I've got—that's another win. Got a W. And as I mentioned, BYU ends with Stanford. Our next game after BYU is Stanford, who went a stellar three and nine last year and lost their top two running backs for from transfers. So they're bringing in to start Emmett Smith. Wait, what Isn't he? He's got to be like fifty. Oh wait, that's his son. Okay, EJ Smith, who he averaged five point one yards at carry last year, but he only didn't touch the ball much. He ran for 133 yards. He didn't do a heck of a lot. The quarterback didn't do a heck of a lot either. Um, there's not much to say. Stanford isn't what they were when Harbaugh was there. They're not the Christian McCaffrey, Stanford Cardinal. Uh, they're not Andrew Lux, Stanford Cardinal. That's that's another name win. They're not going to be good. Um, I, I have heard that their recruiting has improved. You know, with Shaw. But eventually he's got to go, I think. It's just Stanford's not good. I mean, it's just not. And it's at home. That's another win. So Notre Dame's 5-1. And, and after that, we we call Las Vegas to come to us. And maybe we'll bust out the, the dripping gold uniforms again just because. Who knows. But UNLV is coming to town. And they went 2-10 and 10 last year. And they're probably not gonna get much better. You know, they the biggest player for them was the running back Charles Williams, who ran for like almost thirteen hundred yards. But then I looked up, I figured out why he ran for so many yards. He'd played six years of college football. He was twenty three years old. Well, god damn it, I hope you I hope you're putting up yards and beating college kids. You're twenty three. But nonetheless, UNLV, that's a win. Our name six and one now, the next game is at Syracuse, going up to New York Syracuse went five and seven last year. Um, there's not much to say about this team i don't I don't see anything that jumps out at me. nothing impressive uh I mean yeah, the other the quarterbacks coming back. They had a freshman running back who did bust a big run against us last year when we were trying to go for that shutout. Uh, I think it was a shutout. Uh, He had a long run, and it was frustrating because we had our backups in when it happened. But nonetheless, uh, I digress. At Syracuse, that's a win. There's nothing about Syracuse that even hints that we're going to lose that game. So despite losing at Ohio State to start the season, Notre Dame is now sitting at 7 and 1. So from Syra- from at Syracuse we come all the way back to South Bend to face another team that wears orange from the ACC and I don't have a lot about this team either. That's that's a W. There's not really much to say. It's just pretty much I mean, we're basically playing Syracuse tw- two weeks in a row when you really think about it. When you look at uh okay. That's that's not true. Sorry, beef, Marty, Locks, my apologies. Clemson comes to town to face the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and that's going to be fun. Okay, because I am very good friends with uh, the Chop and Beef producer and host Casey. I've made friends with Marty on Sluggo. I I don't know what to expect from this game though. That's the only thing, because there's a lot of unknowns. For, I'd say both teams, but really, a lot more for Clemson. So, when the first weekend of November rolls around, you know we'll probably have more answers than we do now. Not probably. We will absolutely have more answers. Than, than we do now. You know, one answer we do have is we're both playing Syracuse before we play each other because Clemson gets a bye. They play Syracuse, then they get a bye. Then they play us, we play Syracuse, then go straight to Clemson. <clears throat> but the thing about Clemson right now is they went 10-3 to last year. They are currently preseason number 11. But they lost Brent Venables. And that... That's got to be a big deal for them. He he seemed like a Clemson lifer, okay. And if you if you want to know more about Clemson, please tune into the Sluggo podcast on Wednesdays. They talk a lot of Clemson. Currently, it's baseball, but you can get a ton of Clemson information from those guys. I promise. And something tells me now that I've got this thing rolling, and you know they got their show. Uh, I'm good friends with. Casey the Beef Cregan. We're going to have a joint something or other and we can argue about who's going to win in November and maybe play some uh, fun bets or something. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a few months. But Venables left. That's got to mean something for Clemson. That has to. Uh, I don't know what Clemson going to look like after playing eight games. But... Much like Notre Dame, new defensive coordinator, it is still Clemson. They still recruit at a very high level. Freeman figured it out. It took a few games, but he got it. Clemson's probably going to have their shit figured out by the ninth game of the season. The question really is, who's going to be the quarterback in that ninth game? Because, let's be real, the DJU that we saw in in South Bend in 2020 is not the DJU that showed up last year for Clemson. And I know Beef and Marty were not thrilled to pieces about that. He just wasn't good. I mean, there's no there's no silver lining. There's no sugar coating. He was not good. He only threw for 172 yards a game, nine touchdowns and ten interceptions. It wasn't good. He did run for 308 yards, which is shocking because he's kind of a big guy, but he can move. But the and some of it was maybe DJU in his own head, decision making, play calling, I I'm not sure. Again, you can listen to the sluggo guys and they'll tell you what's up. But he wasn't good. But they do have a very highly touted recruit coming in named Cade Klubnick, who's out of the great state of Texas. And if DJU shows any signs of the twenty twenty one DJU, Klubnik's probably going to get a chance, and as we know, Mr. Dabo Sweeney is not shy to fire a freshman into the game and let him do his thing, Trevor Lawrence. And I don't, I'm not saying Klubnik's Trevor Lawrence. I'm not even. I'm not trying to imply that Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. But the fact of the matter is, we could very well see Klubnik, and we don't know what Klubnik is. Uh, he's projected to be really good. But who knows? You know, Will Shipley's still there. He's proven to do his part, even though we wish he was wearing a gold helmet. He's not, and he's good, is what it is. I just don't know what to expect from Clemson. But, and Marty's going to rip me for this one because he loved picking on me about the Cincinnati game last year. But I am doing this on March 22nd with how many months before the season starts I think Notre Dame beats Clemson it's at Notre Dame stadium you know it's in South Bend it's a home game and what I do know right now about Clemson and what I do know about Notre Dame I like Notre Dame to win this game it's going to be close it's going to be tough it's not going to be it's not going to be Syracuse okay it's not going to be that Orange ACC team coming to town, but at right now, as I sit in this chair in front of this microphone on March twenty second, twenty twenty two, you know, eight months away from the game, eh, more like seven, but still seven months away. I like Notre Dame to beat Clemson because of what I do know right now. We'll see. We'll definitely have a preview of this game probably some other voices coming through we'll see but uh, I got Notre Dame winning right there so that moves us to eight and one and then we travel to Baltimore to play the Naval Academy we know what Navy is guys we know what they are we know what they aren't and they were four and eight last year I don't see that changing much in terms of what Notre Dame was going to see that's a win just this, this is the talking about March Madness. Playing Navy, survive in advance. That's what that's what Navy is. Navy is survive in advance. Because we know injuries can come when playing Navy. The just their style of football. They they have to play a different style of football because they just don't have the athletes and the talent. But they can be scrappy, they can be tough, they can compete. I just don't see it with what we have. So Notre Dame is nine and one, and probably moving up the the rankings and college football playoff talk, especially if we beat Clemson, because I do think Clemson's going to win enough games. To, that's going to be a an important win, and depending on how we looked against Ohio State, maybe our one loss is a quote unquote good loss. We'll see. The 11th game of the season is at home against Backup College. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Boston College. Boston College. The thing about Boston College is they have all their top returning, or their top players are returning, starting with their quarterback. I don't know how to say this name, is it? Ger- your coach, Ger- Google, Jar- Google, Jar- Google. Your- til- jerk me off? Is that? Wait, Nah, no, Phil we know the man. We want him to be in a gold helmet as well. And he bounced. I don't blame the man. Like, I'm making jokes about his name. But I, I do not blame this kid for leaving. He Ian Book held his own. I think Dracovic brought more to the table. I'm not Brian Kelly. Whatever. Dracovic left. And he's really good. Now, the only thing about Boston College last year going 6-6... Six and six, Djokovic only played in six games now they didn't win all the games he played but they did win the first four then he got hurt and he missed most of last season obviously six games he only played in six so that's gonna that's a mystery game the good news is we're not playing them if you're a lifelong Notre Dame fan we're not playing the week directly after playing Clemson we know how that works out. We don't like playing Boston College the week after a huge game against a huge opponent and a huge win. That has not gone well in the past. Um, so we sprinkle Navy in there, which I don't even know if that helps. Because you go from playing Clemson, a top-tier program, to paying some triple-option crap, to coming back to playing a team who has talented guys and... You can't look at last year to really tell what they're going to be. I think Boston College could have been a really decent team last year if Dracovic stays healthy. So, I don't know. But I'm talking about Dracovic. They're also bringing back their top running back, Pat Garwell. Yeah, I think it's Garwell. And Zay Flowers is coming back. That's kind of a big deal. A lot of people thought he was going to go pro. He said, nope. I want to stay in Chestnut Hill. I want to be part of Backup College for life. But Problem is, he's pretty good pretty good at football. So I don't know. I don't know what Boston College will look like. But what I can say is, if I think Notre Dame's going to beat Clemson in South Bend, and I don't know what Clemson's going to be, Notre Dame's going to beat Boston College in South Bend because the unknown Clemson is light years better than the unknown Boston College. Sorry. That's... I don't think that can be really disputed from top to bottom. You know, and even if DJU that we saw in South Bend shows up, that's better than Djokovic. From what I've heard and whatnot about Klubnik, he's probably better than Djokovic. And I say that because if Djokovic was the next coming, as much as we wanted him to be, he couldn't beat out Ian Book. And we love Ian Book. But he couldn't beat him out and had a transfer. So... Even if Djokovic is really good, the best version of DJU and Kate Klubnik are better than Djokovic. So if I think no name's gonna be Clemson, they're gonna be Boston College. No Dame's ten and one. And I can't I don't even wanna foreshadow imagine what the rankings look like, what the playoff is being. I that's gonna be insanity because we close the season at USC and I just talked about Clemson I just talked about Boston College how it's unknown could there be a bigger unknown than what USC is or isn't going to be next year they went four and eight that means nothing that literally and all-encompassingly means absolutely fucking nothing they went four and eight who cares nothing is the same Literally, nothing is the same from their team. Their quarterback is gone. Their number one receiver who caught, I think he's still catching passes against Notre Dame in a loss, but still. He's gone. Drake London, gone. They are preseason ranked number 22, which I think you have to rank them 22 based on all the stuff they did. Does that mean they're going to be that good? I don't know. But what I can tell you, is what I do know about USC seems better than what I do know about Clemson. And that and I'm using those two because, again, Boston College is clearly not either Clemson or USC. Historically, traditionally, last year, next year, this year, they're not the same. So I'm looking at Clemson and USC. Now we're going to USC. And maybe they'll have some fans. Depends on what the record is. If they're coming into this game 4-7 and seven again, probably not going to get a whole lot of fanfare and people in the seats. So, this game is so tricky. Because you got Notre Dame in my projection sitting at 10-1. and one, And we got a USC team that has a new head coach in Lincoln Riley who has proven to be a solid head coach and be able to do things very successfully to a degree. They have more losses. I say they meaning Oklahoma. Have more losses than Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's the one who always gets blown out, but actually they really don't. Oh, Oklahoma has bigger losses. But that's that's besides the point. But Lincoln Riley comes over with a lot of fanfare, rightfully so. And then he brings his quarterback, Caleb Williams, who we can use his stats from last year. In a weaker Pac-12, in my opinion, than the Big 12, through for in like a half a season, mind you, again. He didn't start. Spencer Rattler started. But Caleb Williams comes in with 1,900 yards passing at 65% completion, 21 touchdowns, four picks, ran for another 442 yards at 5.6 yards a carry. That's, that's the thing that concerns me. USC has not been good on the, the offensive line. But Caleb Williams can cover some of that up because he can move. The dude can move. And if he can move, he's going to find some people to throw the ball to. He brought, I say he, Coach Riley, brought Mario Williams from Oklahoma who in a secondary role at OU because they had some star receivers, still went for 35 catches, 380 yards, and four touchdowns. So there's talent there. And then in the backfield like oh what's what's the running back situation? Oh don't worry. The Travis Dye from Oregon who seemed to do everything and most impressively barehanded in today's age of sticky gloves, all barehanded ran for 1271 at 6 yards a carry and 16 touchdowns and another 46 catches for 402 yards. So they've got players, okay? And here's the thing. USC not to maybe this degree in in recent memory. But I, I think I can say overall, comparing it to the a lot of other teams, USC has had players. They haven't had coaching. They haven't had togetherness. A good Matt Campbell line. Togetherness. That's all. We want to be the most together team ever. Ah. But they, they haven't had the camaraderie and the gelling and all that kind of stuff. Because Clay Hilton was not good. Lincoln Riley is not that Okay, and after eleven games of Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and Travis Dye and Mary Williams and C.J. Williams, the recruit we thought we were landing, who's now a USC Trojan, it it may be a very long Saturday in South Carolina, South Carolina, Southern California. If, I tell you what, if we go to South Carolina, we're supposed to be playing USC. It's gonna be a tough road because we're on the wrong coast, um, and I just don't know. I I hate doing this, but I ha- I'm trying to be I'm trying to be legit here. I think we lose the last game of the season. It sounds crazy. How are you gonna run off ten wins? Go be ten to one and lose. And it's... I'm saying that now. Just like I'm saying we're going to beat Clemson now. In March. Maybe I'll change my mind. But Notre Dame continuously struggles with mobile quarterbacks. Caleb Williams is a mobile quarterback. We have a a do-all running back. Notre Dame has struggled with do-all running backs. Who can come out of the backfield and be, be awesome. I just... I don't like the matchup as it sits right now. And... Also, keeping in mind, I don't know what the Tyler Buckner, ideally, and or Drew Pine, Notre Dame offense will truly look like. Okay, so a lot of this is based on what I think and what I know. Okay, some of this is is opinion, not really facts-based, but some of it is, you know, the baseline has to be facts you know you can't just throw opinions out like Colin Cowherd for forever, without any facts behind it. Love you, Colin Cowherd. I have your book. I, ideally, you're not listening to this. If you are, that's fucking awesome. But he's or Stephen A. Smith or what? Uh, Skip Bayless. They're to me. They're like the kings of just throwing opinions out. Facts. Facts be damned. I'm gonna say shit. I'm trying to be factually baseline here and go from there. But um I I I'm calling for an L to end the season. It sucks. I know, not gonna be fun. We bookend the season with losses to Ohio State and USC. Probably two biggest games of the year, and that's gonna land us probably in a new year six game again. Now, as the season progresses. These thoughts and opinions might change, but I'm gonna stand by it on March twenty-second, two thousand twenty-two. And say that Notre Dame's gonna go ten and two, end up in a New Year's six game. So that's that's where we're at. That's where I think this team is at. It sounds too typical. We beat all the teams we're supposed to beat, and uh Little asterisk next to Clemson. I want to call them a supposed to be. So you know. I just there's there's nine guaranteed, in my opinion, nine guaranteed wins on this schedule. And we we have to find a way to get another one. I want ten wins again. I want those 10 wins again. So I'm saying 10 wins. Notre Dame goes 10-2. Now, some of you may remember, it's it's been longer than I thought, but I put out a poll, you know, that I wanted to focus on the upcoming season, which I'm doing, and I wanted to know where everybody stood. All right, and I, the question was, How many wins will Notre Dame football have in the 2022 regular season? Now, I gave you the options of 12, 10 to 11, 9, and 8 or less. Now, I wanted to do just 12, 10, 11, 9 or less, but I had to single out 9 because so many people thought, reading comments on Twitter and such, that 9 was going to be the number. We're going to get 9 because... Clemson, USC, Ohio State. So I had to make nine its own thing. So I had to combine 10 and 11. And 12 needs its own space because that's undefeated. And eight or less, which I really need to talk to the, what, 5% people? Let me see, I guess four people that said eight or less? On what planet? I want to know who these eight or less people are. Now, most everybody... Like 60 of you out of the 60 people, 90 people voted. 62% said 10 to 11 wins. And that's where I'm at. 17% said undefeated. And I'll tell you what, if we go undefeated, they need to build a Marcus Freeman statue tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. We got to go undefeated first. So in January of 2023, there needs to be a Marcus Freeman statue going up um but 16% said 9 and i i get it i get why 9 would be the number i just i'm going by what i know and i think we can get the 10 i think we can do it again you know but the eight or less people they need to i'm not going to be the one go find a new team but i don't know what what indication you have that we're losing to anybody other than if we do lose ohio state clemson usc Marshall, Cal, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Navy, Boston College. I'm just, I mean, some of those have some name value, but I'll say this. I know it's Marcus Freeman's first year. If it's eight wins or less, we have a problem. I I would call that not a success. I wouldn't call it a failure, but I wouldn't call it a success. I would call it not a success. That's how I would phrase that. I know. I'm I'm avoiding saying the word failure. I get it. But that's where I'm at. You guys guys seem to be kind of with me. 62% said 10 to 11 wins. That's where Irish sit. Love it. Love it. Now we need to get my 8U Irish to 10 or 11 wins. We got 11 regular season games, plus a tournament, and we'll play more tournaments. We got our first game tonight, though, playing the the Padres. So let's get let's get let's kick off some sort of Fighting Irish season with a win, because unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the football team. So thank you all for tuning in and listening to me go on about our 10 and two season that is in front of us. Marty, Beef, we shall chat. We will get a Clemson thing going. Clemson-Notre Dame talk. we got to have one. And uh, I don't know when the next podcast will be. It's been a while. I am a busy person, apparently. I guess I'm kind of a big deal. little Ron Burgundy in my life right now. Kind of a big deal doing too many things at once. But thank you for tuning in. I will be on Twitter. You will see me. At five foot nothing pod. Hit me up on email if you want to have a conversation. Five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. But you guys know you can always DM me, tag me, whatever you want to do. I will see you on Twitter. Until next time, five foot nothing, hundred nothing, out.